for you and for me today and if we will miss it we will never have this day back again it is I think one of the most remarkable statements in scripture really in all of literature and it could hardly be more simple taste and see that the Lord is good now this is inexpressibly good news that the creator of everything that is the God who is behind reality and undergird your life and mine is not capricious, is not mean, is not a bully. Never think anything bad about God, Dallas used to say. Jesus' message uh, is summarized by John in First John is that the Lord is light in him. There is no darkness at all. But how are you going to know this? Well, you must first taste. That means to actually experience. Sundays, I get to eat anything I want to all day long, and one of my favorite things is to go to the Cheesecake Factory and have their brown bread with butter, which is unbelievably good, and then a hamburger and french fries and ketchup, and then for dessert, cheesecake with chocolate ice cream and hot fudge sundae, extra hot fudge sundae, because the ratio has to be just right, and whipped cream. And no one needs to tell me about this. I know when I taste it, it is very, very good. And uh, sometimes people will eat in such a distracted way or such a mindless way or such a hurry way, I do this sometimes, that uh, I know, don't even let it register on my taste buds. But on Sunday at the Cheesecake Factory, if I'm there, I don't just taste, I see. It's good, it's good, it's good. Now, when it comes to God, this actually involves a special kind of knowledge. You might know if you're a Bible person, in the 17th chapter of John, in the third verse, is the only time in the Bible where eternal life is actually defined. And it's very interesting. It's not going up to heaven and, and you know, getting a mansion up there after you die. Jesus says, this is eternal life, that people know you, the living God. And that doesn't mean know about you. A real basic distinguish, uh, distinction when it comes to knowing a uh, philosopher named Bertrand Russell wrote about this, if I understand it correctly. It's a distinction between knowledge by acquaintance and knowing by uh, description. And there's a, a recent book by Brian Zahn, a pastor, and he, he uses the example of a peach. You might have an academician who knows about a peach. He could define a peach. He could describe a peach. He is studied little bits of the peach under a microscope. He could tell you about how it reproduces, but he's never tasted a peach. And then you have a little child who doesn't know any of that other stuff, but the child has tasted a peach and knows its sweetness, knows its flavor, knows how good it is in a cobbler. They have tasted and seen that a peach is good. One has a knowledge by description, knowledge about, can recite certain facts, those things at kind of a distance, but has never from the inside experienced the goodness of what this thing is. My wife grew up in California 
and she knew about Chicago by description. But we got married, and I took her back there, and we lived in Chicago for nine years. She tasted Chicago, and she did not believe it was good. She thought the weather was bad. She thought the topography was bad, like God took an iron and flattened everything out. She thought the lack of an ocean was bad. She wanted to grab people by the lapels and tell them, you do not have to live here. Well, this uh, kind of knowledge by acquaintance is what we're invited into by the psalmist. Taste and see the Lord is good. Dallas Willard, Renovation of the Heart. We're walking through it, coming towards the end of it now on page 240. He says, this is the central goal, aim, purpose, why churches, congregations, communities of people who love and care for each other spiritually, what we're about. If we would just adopt what he calls the principles and absolutes of the New Testament, that is, that we are to come to know God in this experiential way and be changed by Him and to live together with Him. If we would do that, the natural outcome would be to produce children of light. And all we have to do in order to do this is to follow Jesus' parting instructions. As you go throughout the world, make apprentices to me from all kinds of people. Immerse them in Trinitarian reality. Now, Jesus talks about that as baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We'll come back to this as we walk through this last chapter in Dallas's book. He, say, he describes that as not just dunking them in water, but being immersed in the reality of God's presence, Father, Son, and Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Dallas says, these instructions are bookended by categorical statements about the plentiful resources for this undertaking. I have been given say over everything in heaven and earth, Jesus says. Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. And every once in a while, uh, when somebody is afraid of flying, they will be told, just remember what Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. Then the response sometimes comes back, no, 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 Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. But of course, that's just an L and an O without the W. There are no qualifications. Wherever I am, whenever it is, He is there. But then the invitation for you, for me today, is taste and see. Now, how do I do that? Well, it's kind of like with eating. I, I just need not to rush through it. I just need not to be mindless, but to be mindful. So I invite God, God, this moment right now, when I get to look into this camera and I think of you, Mary, and I think of you, Ted, and I think of you, Kevin, and I think of you, Tom, and what you're walking through, and somehow now I get to speak and we get to be connected. God, help me to say the right thing. God is here if I invite him to be here. And then if I offer him a full surrender, your will be done. Any time in the day when I pause, part of the way that we know that God is good is when we actually do the things that Jesus told us to do, or even just simply seek to do them and then ask him for his help and his power. So I invite and I surrender and then I notice the beauty of a little cloud in a sky that I'm looking at right now. 
the friends that I get to be with. I'm with old friends, part of the board at Fuller Seminary. Fuller has been part of my life for more than 40 years. I get to be with them and look into their faces and talk with them and learn with them and laugh with them. I just pause and notice God's presence in each moment, in the joy, in the very deep pain which only God can redeem. So today, taste and see. Just stop instead of rushing through and invite, God, would you be present to me? And offer surrendered obedience. And when I don't, when I really want to sin, when I really want to do what I, do, I know I'm not supposed to, let God know about that too. Talk about that with him. Talk about that with my good friends. They remind me to be my best self. And then notice, connect the dots. And then this. Here's a little bonus. Dallas writes, As long as we do what these words say, we can do anything else that's helpful towards this end. The rest doesn't even have to be right for God to bless us. Though no doubt it's always even better to be right, as long as we don't put our confidence in that rightness. Anyone who thinks God only blesses what is right has had a very narrow experience and probably does not really understand what God has done for them. So I don't even have to be right. You don't even have to be right. God is not restricted to blessing what is right. He can bless anything. And whenever there is a heart that genuinely seeks out after Him, He's there, He's there, He's there, He's there. So today, just stop right now. Just stop. This is no ordinary life. It is a gift of heaven that you are alive to think and listen right now. Taste. Knowledge by acquaintance. Taste and see the Lord is good. Guard your heart. See you next time.